Good morning. Uh, for anyone I haven't met, uh, I'm Deborah and I'm one of the team here. And um, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, I'm just going to move And um, yeah, I hope you all had a great Christmas. Um, I had, I spent Christmas Day with my in-laws, which start, it seems like the start of a bad joke. It really isn't. I spent the Christmas Day with my in-laws, all 14 of us, uh, and um, it was great. It was great, but it did feel like we spent most of the day sort of either preparing food or eating food or clearing up from food. Um, just put this a bit lower. Um, sorry, a bit fussy. Um, there we go. Thank you. Um, but I, this week I was reminded of a holiday I took uh, with my in-laws. Not There wasn't 14 of us at that point. There was five of us. And uh, we went, it was just after Ed and I got engaged, we went to France and we had a lovely holiday. But one of the day trips we had was to Alp Duez, which if anybody knows, it's a sort of iconic cycling mountain. Ed wanted to, to go. And... Um, we saw, he was very excited, we saw all the, the cyclist names sort of painted on the floor by all the fans, and we saw the 21 hairpin bends uh, that the, the, the Alp is, uh, is famous for. But when it came to travelling back to our accommodation at the end of this trip, we had, uh, we, we, we had a decision to make as we looked at the roadmap. We could either drive about... 180 kilometres along the straight blue motorway, or we could drive about, about 30 kilometres, just a little bit, uh, along this sort of more squiggly red road. And it was a no-brainer. We, we chose the 30-kilometre red road. That was a mistake. <laughs> We spent the next two hours, three hours, I can't even remember, it feels like an eternity, um, uh, driving along a single track road with um, sheer cliff face one side and sheer drop on the other um, with just a, a very small barrier uh, at the side of the road uh, as the light was getting darker and, and, and disappearing. And... Um, and every time we went around a blind bend, which was often, um, we could hear us all sort of collectively <gasps> intake of breath, holding our breath until we were around the bend and then <sighs> relaxing again. Not one of us said an, a, a single word for the entire journey. Because I think we were all just silently praying that we wouldn't die. Um, and I reckon anyone faced with a near-death experience, now that might be a little bit of an exaggeration to call that was a near-death experience, but anyone with an actual near-death experience um, would pray. You would pray. Um, actually, a survey carried out last summer um, showed that half of people in the UK have tried prayer. I know you can't see any of the details of that, but um, it's just to show you that there was a survey. Um, showed that half of people in the UK have tried prayer, with a third uh, of those aged between 18 to 35 saying that they'd actually prayed in the last month. A third of 18 to 35-year-olds had prayed in the last month. 
So during January and February, each Sunday morning, we're going to be thinking about this topic of prayer. And we're going to be looking particularly at what's called the Lord's Prayer. But before we uh, look at the Bible, I, um, I just wonder how you feel about prayer. How do you feel about prayer? You might be here today, you're new to church, perhaps you're just checking us out online. It's brilliant that you're, you're here with us, you're really welcome. And perhaps you're curious about what prayer is, is all about. Is it, is it more than just hoping? Is it more than just putting thoughts out there into the, into the universe? Maybe you're a prayer veteran. You love prayer. I can see some prayer veterans around me at the moment. Uh, You love prayer and you really want to take your prayer life up a level right now. Or maybe you've been into prayer in the past, but, but more recently it's become harder. Perhaps you've had prayers that haven't been answered. Oh, it just feels a little bit hit and miss. So we're going to look together at what Jesus taught about prayer and some of the motivators for prayer that we can see within the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to read from Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 11 and 1 to 4. It says, one day Jesus uh, was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. It's a pretty short prayer, isn't it? What motivates you to pray? What encourages you to turn to God in prayer? What inspires you to get talking to God? You know, I think if we're honest, a lot of us uh, sometimes fear or guilt. Guilt has a a big part in in prayer and what motivates us to pray. We really ought to pray or, gosh, I really should be better at prayer you know, might be things that we think. Or fear. A sense if I don't pray about this stuff, then it's going to get worse and it will be my fault. I remember starting a a book on prayer and it was implying that if you didn't pray for your children, then they would rebel against you and against God. Uh, It was trying to motivate me to pray uh, using fear. Uh, So I stopped reading that book straight away because guilt and fear are, they're effective motivators, they're strong motivators, but they are not healthy ones. Uh, The Bible records Jesus teaching um, two slightly different different versions of this prayer that we've just read. One in this book in, in, in Luke and another in Matthew, which we'll take a look at. Uh, this morning. But I wanted us to look at the context of this particular passage in Luke um, because of the first verse. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray 
just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, the disciples knew how to pray. As Jewish men, they would have prayed all their lives. They would have prayed when they got up in the morning. They would have prayed before they went to sleep at night. They would have prayed before eating anything or drinking anything. They knew how to pray. So what motivated them to ask Jesus to teach them to pray? Was it guilt? Was it fear? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the disciples had seen Jesus' power when healing the sick, the blind, the deaf, the lame, miraculously feeding 5,000 people. They had heard him speak with authority so that he told someone that their, their sins had been forgiven. They saw, uh, they'd seen the way Jesus had compassion on people on lepers, on widows, those who were considered at the bottom of the pile. I think this was the moment they put two and two together. They saw all that Jesus had done and how he'd acted, and they saw the way that he'd prayed and the frequency of his prayer life, and they realized there was a connection, that somehow Jesus' actions and attitudes were directly related to how he prayed. What they saw in Jesus was a love for his Father in heaven and a longing to spend time with him. And they wanted to catch some of that. You know, fear and guilt should have no place in our relationship with God. But perfect love is a perfect motivator. 1 John 4 verse 18 tells us there's no, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Love should be the center of our motivation for prayer, which is why the prayer Jesus taught his disciples starts with Father. In Matthew's version, it says, Our Father in heaven. We have a perfect Father in heaven who loves us and longs to spend time with us. He's not there sort of tapping on his watch, wondering how long before we remember to talk to him. He's just waiting to talk to us, to invite us. As as Catherine shared this morning, just that invitation to come to him, to be reminded of how much he loves you. That's the heart of prayer. It's about relationship. We can get excited about prayer because God loves us. Prayer is a chance to feel that love, to be reminded who we we truly are, that we're, we're his child and he's our father. The character of God as our father is our first motivation for prayer Jesus gives us in the Lord's Prayer. We have the tremendous privilege of knowing God as our Father. Maybe you need to be reminded of that today. Perhaps prayer is feeling a bit more like a chore for you. I think God wants to give you an invitation this morning to come to him and be refreshed by him and be reminded of how much he loves you. A month or two ago, I had a bit of a realisation that I was thinking of God 
less like a father and more like a line manager. Now, I work three days for church, so um, there's always a danger that my that work can sort of dominate my relationship with God. But I realized I had spent most of my time praying to him, talking to him about all the things that I needed to do and asking him for help with them. But I had a bit of a wake-up moment uh, a few weeks ago that the things I was concerned about he wasn't concerned about it. Not that he didn't care about them, but he, he wasn't worried about them. That he, he cared about me more than the things that I had to do. First and foremost, he's our father. And, but I, I just realized um, that he was my father and he just wanted to hang out with me. Enjoy my company. It's the same for you. He just wants to spend time with you. And he, he's, he's concerned. He cares about the things that we care about, but he isn't concerned about them because he's God. He's God. He knows all is within his power. He's not concerned about the things because he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. Which takes us to our second motivation that Jesus taught his disciples about through the Lord's Prayer. The mission of God. So often we we think we need to be in charge of everything. We play God, either in our own lives or even in other people's lives. Somehow we assume responsibility and we think we've got to sort everything out. But we read in Matthew, Matthew's version of um, the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus instructed his disciples to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. Rather than asking God to bless our plans, all the things that are on our list, we're instructed to ask him to fulfill his plans. You know, we can be motivated to pray so that God can have his way in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We can relinquish control and be motivated by seeing God's mission in the world. You know, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we stop playing God. We give over control to the one who actually is God. We surrender to him and to his will. What a relief. What relief that is to stop playing God and to trust him. Have a think just for a moment. What areas of your life do you need to stop asking God to do what you want and start asking for his will to be done? His will. Thirdly, Jesus is telling his disciples to be motivated to pray because God can provide for them. He prays, give us this day, give each day our daily bread. Jesus' first listeners, I'm sure, would have needed the uh, literal meaning of, of that prayer, give it each day our daily bread. They would have been trusting God for their food for that, for that day. 
And, but we too can look to God to provide for our physical needs, not just bread, but perhaps money to heat our house. There have been many times when I've laid hands and prayed for kitchen appliances uh, around my house so that they would start working again. God can provide for our material needs, but he can also provide help and strength us when we, we're feeling overwhelmed, can provide that spiritual help and, uh, and needs. There have been, um, we can provide for our, our um, there's many times when I've, I've called out to God when life has just been too much. And he can provide us with spiritual food each day. We can ask God to strengthen our spirits and speak into our lives through the Bible as we read it. But God has given us the ultimate provision, the provision of salvation. He says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Our final motivation for prayer, God's salvation. God has saved us from our sins. By his grace, we are set free. It helps us to become whole and free people, free from the control of sin, from the power of death and hell. And we can be motivated by seeing God, how God has saved us and want it for, for other people, to be motivated by God's salvation for others, for our friends and family to experience God's salvation too. You know, we can invite our friends to church. We can invite them to Alpha. We can look for opportunities to share our faith with them. These are all fantastic things that we can do. But salvation is a supernatural act. We can't make anyone become a Christian. It's through prayer that we'll see people coming to faith. I've asked Isaac to share just a little bit of his experience um, of, of that in the last few months. So, Isaac, you moved to Sheffield uh, back in September. How's it going? Great, thank you. Loving it. Good. Loving my course. Yeah. Good. good. And you've met some, some good friends? Some really good friends. I've got a house sorted for next year, basically living with my six best friends. So Brilliant. Winning. <laughs> Brilliant. And... Um, Tell us a little bit about some of those, th- those friendships and, and um, what you've been doing with them. Um, well, yeah, the six friends that I'm living with are all Christians. Um, we met through CU. We haven't really gone to CU too much, but, you know, <laughs> we're all Christians. Um, and we've made it a thing to regularly meet um, every Thursday. Every other Thursday we do worship, and then the other Thursdays we'll do a prayer meeting all together, a little Bible study as well. So that's been amazing. I've got like um, this Christians and sport meeting that I go to every Wednesday morning, far too early in the morning. <laughs> um, but that's been uh, yeah amazing. Just a bunch of Christians, um, all in their different sports teams, trying to reach out to our teammates. Um, and yeah, that's been really amazing. Mm. And so you've been praying for your friends. You've been praying for for your flatmates. You've been praying for lots of people all together. Um, and tell us what how that's been going. Well, we've been going amazingly, really. We've seen um, so many different provisions, so many different answers to prayer. Um, we've really seen God's kingdom come in Sheffield, really. Um, particularly um, in the Christians and sport thing that I've been doing, we've been praying for people regularly each week. Um, and I've seen one of my friends from the gym come to faith through that. We've been doing Bible studies every week since, and he's got really tucked into everything. It's been amazing. Seeing other friends um, you know, start to have a real interest in doing Bible studies and prayer and all these different things. 
Um, one of my friends that I'm living with next year, he's invited like all of his flats come along to like different CU events and stuff, and that's been amazing. Um, mm. Loads of people come along to Alpha. There's been yeah, just a huge provision, um, and yeah, God's kingdom's really been coming in chef, and it's been amazing. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Um, now, as we draw near to the end of our service, I'd love you to stand with me. We're, we're, gonna, we're almost finished. We're already running over. Um, but I'd love you just to stand with me, and I'd love just to take the chance for us to pray together as a church family. So do, if you can, if you're able, do stand with me. I'd love to pray for us to be stirred by prayer again, not to be motivated by guilt or, or fear or think of prayer as a, as a chore, but to be motivated to meet with the Father who loves us, who longs to spend time with us. So if you'd like, if you'd like to be more motivated for prayer, just, just a chance to respond to God now. Ask him to, uh, we're just going to ask him to um, help us with that, help us to pray. It might be helpful to hold out your hands as a, a sort of a, a physical symbol of that inward longing, just to sort of position ourselves to receive God's Spirit now. And I pray, come, Holy Spirit. We stir in us just a, a longing for more intimacy with our Father in heaven. Stirring us a, a love for Jesus. God's here by his spirit. He's meeting with us now. He's longing to come and fill each one of us if we're willing. No one's excluded. No one's discounted. We welcome you here, Jesus. Stir it up, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We choose to receive all that you have for us, all that you've got for us in this, this year ahead, all the plans and purposes that you have for us, those perfect plans and purposes. Thank you that you promise to work through all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. And so, Lord, we receive you now. Receive that anointing for prayer now. In Jesus' name, amen.